0: Podcast. This is your post by week edition. This is Brian joined by John and Brad as always. John, how are you doing on this fine evening?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Brian, how are you doing?
0: Ah, oh, not great.
1: No, the good. Panthers
0: are The Panthers are are sad.
1: Oh no, they're very sad.
0: Yeah, so not not the most joyous occasion to be talking about them. But anyway, Brad, how are you? I am doing
2: fine. <laughs> Which the Panthers are not. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We're past Thanksgiving. We're past the Panthers bye week. So here we are once again to talk about the team. And before we get into the big news of this week, let's just briefly talk about the horrific meltdown that was the Panthers versus the Dolphins. I guess this is officially two weeks ago. Um, Yeah, not great. Uh, the, The Dolphins won 33 to 10. Cam Newton threw five completions on 21 attempts for 92 yards and two picks or two interceptions. Christian McCaffrey got hurt in that game and is done for the year. So yeah, that game really sucked and uh, it kind of uh, exposed that Panthers offense is very limited right now. And, Really, all they did the entire game, as far as my recollection goes, is they were trying to throw the ball down the field, which I actually advocated for on Twitter because the Panthers offense has been very predictable. They've been running the ball a lot. They've been throwing short passes. So they tried to open it up a bit and it didn't work. The Dolphins destroyed them. So as a result of that game, the Panthers this past weekend, very quietly on Twitter, went on and fired Joe Brady, offensive coordinator. So finally, one of the chips has fallen for what has been a really disastrous year for Carolina aside from a few bright spots. So yeah, Joe Brady's gone. Um, I believe Nixon is going to take over for play calling duties along with, I guess it's going to be a collaborative effort on the offensive coaching side to take over for Brady, but Yeah, Joe Brady's gone. This guy interviewing for head coaching positions, multiple head coaching positions last year. Now he's uh, looking for a job somewhere.
2: What do we think of that? Brad, I'll start with you. Um, It's quite simple. Um, This is the beginning of the end of the Matt Rule era. Um, As of 8.15 p.m. on December the 7th, as we are recording this, uh, I am declaring that this is the beginning of the end. Joe Brady is not, has not been, and probably never would have been the problem with the Panthers offense. It's a multi-layered problem. It's one, that they don't have an offensive line. Two, they don't have a quarterback. They cannot agree on a quarterback three Matt rule wants to be analytical and use data to make his decisions, but he also wants to run the ball 35 times a game. And he wants to run 65% of the time on first down, which goes contrary to every analytical and data driven approach that is out there currently. Um, he wants to be bill Parcells, but he also wants to be bill Belichick and he can't be either one. Um, I think he's a terrible person. Um, Not a terrible person, like personally, but football person. He's a terrible football person. Uh, He's clueless. He looks clueless. He looks like he doesn't know what he's thinking half the time on the sideline. Uh, And he just fired the best offensive coordinator we've ever had. For reasons I will not understand, uh, he said that he doesn't regret hiring him which tells me that he shouldn't have fired him. Uh, But, you know, Joe Brady is not the one that that let Cam Newton go, signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year, $65 million contract, cut Teddy Bridgewater in year two of said contract, and then traded multiple draft picks, including a second rounder for Sam Darnold, after he had one of the worst statistical seasons of a quarterback in modern NFL history, and then picked up his fifth-year option on day one of the NFL draft, after not drafting a quarterback in the first round, drafting a defensive back instead. He didn't even draft a left tackle to protect Sam Darnold, and then hung Sam Darnold out to dry with no offensive line, Watch Sam Darnold crumble into a shattered, broken human being, and then re-signed Cam Newton to get fans to not give up on the year, and then let Cam do what he did against the Dolphins and put P.J. Walker into the game to be worse than Cam Newton was against the Dolphins. Joe Brady did none of those things. Matt Rule did all of those things, yet he still employed and this is going to be a disaster. Uh, we will probably win. Well, let me change that. We're not going to just win one game because that would be too easy. We would get a top 10 pick that way. We're going to win out. Uh, we're going to win five. You know, four out of the last five games. We'll probably lose to the Falcons because fuck it, why not? And then we'll sweep the the Buccaneers twice, the Saints on the road, and the Bills. And we'll finish eight and nine, and we'll end up picking 18th or 19th. And the cycle will repeat itself because we can't have nice things. And that's just the way the, the Carolina Panthers franchise operates. Um, Matt Rule will probably last one more year. David Tepper will at least give him three years to try to rebuild this roster. It will fail. And two years from now, we will start over with another head coach. That's pretty much my summary of thoughts. Lot to that.
1: Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna look something. I'm still looking them up.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're still looking. I can, keep, up. I can keep going if we need. I mean,
1: <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, I have thoughts, but I was gonna. I was gonna. I was, gonna, I was trying to find something real quick. To, okay.
0: To well, while he's doing that, um, Joe Brady's the best offensive coordinator we've ever had. Brad, really?
2: It's arguable. Is it? I mean, the yes. competition's
1: pretty. It's a very long time. Okay, here.
2: okay. Is he better than Jeff Davidson was? Yes or no?
0: Well, so here's the caveat yes before no? I, yes the no? before yes I answer, no? answer the question. Before I answer the question No, he's not. Or yes, he is, I should say. Um but the the, the caveat though is okay, but well, what the hell with the offense this year? They haven't they've they they have not thrown for two more than two hundred yards in how many fucking games?
2: I don't think we threw for two hundred yards ever with jeff davidson
0: uh, the panthers haven't thrown for more than 200 yards since week four
2: yeah we Man, were great really? for the first four weeks of the year i didn't know i didn't realize that i, I didn't, didn't realize yeah. that that's really sad but yeah the um, falcoholic
0: pointed that out to me on twitter thanks to oh, well then that,
2: that's a bullshit stat i <laughs> <laughs> mean it guys, doesn't mean but, it's not real so yeah, will, no will, no, no it's fake they made it up because it's the falcoholic i'm a We'll fact check yeah but anyway uh
1: that is, is a true is he- statement the highest the most passing yards we've thrown for since week 4 is 188 against the vikings
0: and even though the passing offense or the offensive line obviously is a variable in this conversation i will say like i was sitting there on twitter During the Dolphins game saying the Panthers really need to try and throw the ball down the field because it was very clear for the last several weeks of football that the defensive backs were sitting on routes and that's, that's a play calling issue. It really is. And like, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't think Joe Brady would have been fine if they just kept him, but they definitely were predictable on offense. And that is a, that is at least that at least somewhat falls on the offensive coordinator.
2: So it's hard to not be predictable when you can't run the ball because your star running back is made out of paper and your backups aren't good enough because the offensive line isn't really good enough to start with. And the only reason we were good at running the ball in the first place was because Christian McCaffrey is superhuman. Uh, It's easy for a defense to figure out how to stop an offense that doesn't have talent. Now we do have talent at wide receiver, but we've had no talent at quarterback because we've had Sam Darnold. He was good for three weeks and then he fell off of a cliff and Cam is still learning the offense. He's still getting into the swing. Like this is basically the preseason for Cam in our scheme. So, it's really hard to pin it on the offensive coordinator when you take those things into account but i just i don't think that the guy that went to high school and played high school football with matt rule is going to be a better offensive coordinator than the guy who was partially or mostly responsible for joe burrow being the best college quarterback in the last 10 years I just don't think that – I think his name is Jeff Nixon is going to be better than Joe Brady was, and they did go to high school and play football together. That's why he's employed, by the way. Uh, in case anyone was wondering who Jeff Nixon is and why he's our running backs coach. Now offensive coordinator is because he was high school teammates with Matt Rule. Matt Rule is just like Ron Rivera was. If you knew him at any point in your life or if you worked with him or for the universities of Baylor and Temple, you will have a job for life with the Carolina Panthers. That's just the way we, we apparently just run on nepotism no matter who's in charge. (laughs) And I mean, it's just, it's one, one thing is, you know, after another with, with rule is he can't, he can't hire people outside of his circle because he, I, I don't know. I mean, I know, I know coaches do that. Like I get it, but it seems like we, we excessively do it. And I mean, I could be wrong here. The offense, we could score 50 points on the Falcons on Sunday. Like, we might. It's possible. But I think the the core issue, like my editorial aside, I think the core issue, Matt Rule wanted game plan A. Joe Brady was only capable or only wanted to make game plan B. And if that's going to be the case, somebody's got to go. And most of the time, the guy with seniority is the one that's going to stick around.
1: So one of the things that I was looking for was. um, So I I usually take the boring side of all these things and want to see, like, I guess we'll we'll try to try to put these thoughts as coherently as possible. So the decision reeks of a organization of like um, incompetence and an organization like flailing to find you know scape. bad look for Matt rule um, and a, obviously no guarantee that it saves his job uh, I will I'm not going to like say this is the right or wrong decision until we see what happens though like the initial reaction is probably that Joe Brady's a scapegoat and kind of oh, to your absolutely point Brad is a yeah, and, yeah he's and a scapegoat that doesn't mean he's doing he's free of blame because the no, offense, no, like I, and I,
2: I will say this. I, I probably did exaggerate him being the best offensive <laughs> coordinator we've ever had. Um, and I, I don't think, I mean, he's it might blameless. not be
1: too far from
2: wrong. He's, so. he's in the top three. Like he <laughs> is in the top three. I will, I will, I will die on that hill. Um, Dan Hennig and either Norv Turner Rob and or Rob Chudzinski you know, though, and Joe Brady, those four, pick any three of them, those are our best three offensive coordinators. Yeah. But um he's not blameless, you're right. He's not. He did do things he probably could have done better, but he is being scapegoated. So my
1: my question my like the main thing that seems to be the disconnect here uh is like kind of like what you talked about is like Matt Rule wants things done a certain way and Joe Brady wants them a different way. The way that they talk the way Joe Brady wants to do things makes more sense now. Yes,
2: it does. Whether
1: or not now that doesn't mean that the way he has things designed and the way he executes things is good. Like you can be like, I can go out there and say, I want to throw the ball this many times. This is how I want to do things and sound like really smart. But if my play designs suck, like the results are going to suck and the situational play calling sucks, the results are going to suck. So like, but speaking from what we can see and like hearing how they talk Joe Brady definitely has the right idea more than Matt rule seems to like Matt rule has said like he wants to run the ball 33 times a game a lot and two as we've talked about as I've specifically talked about for like years now um this football coach thing of like chasing after a symptom to, to, to get the like diagnosis as opposed to like going for the actual root cause of like coaches think like, okay, I see that there's a correlation between how many times a team runs the ball and how often they win. So if I run the ball, I win. It's like, no, you run the ball because you win. And this thing that they do where they just like do it backwards, they're like, all we got to do is run the ball a lot and we'll win the game. It's like, no, you won't. You yeah. need to be winning first. And then yeah. when you're winning by two touchdowns, you run the clock out with a bunch of run plays, and all of a sudden you've run the ball 40 times. Um, like, if you have a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl, yeah, uh, you should run the ball. Yeah, that's fine. You can run the ball sometimes there. but in not my that that's thing, ever but, happened. Or <laughs> no, yeah, because whenever that would happen, they would certainly win the game in that situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, like, Matt Rule said that, and that's not good. Like processes. And then at one point during the losing streak, Matt Rule said something about we need to get back to running the ball. We need to emphasize running the ball. We're not running the ball enough. And they asked Joe Brady, like Joe Brady had his media availability shortly after. And he was just kind of like, eh, I mean, we just need to have more success on first downs, which is yeah. the right answer. But I think the way he answered that kind of showed was a good illustration, as kind of innocuous as it was, of the disconnect there. Where, yeah,
2: because we ran the ball 16 times the game after Matt yeah. said that.
1: Yeah, and which, again, is not the wrong answer, but we're not – so, like, the, the idea – the process is fine. Like, I think Joe Brady's ideas are right. Now, well, they're not – like I said, he can implement them well. Like, Teddy Bridgewater made comments after we let him go that Joe Brady wasn't – needed to, like, figure out how to manage an offense better. So, maybe there was some merit to that, but we dismissed it as, I, I, you know – but. I
2: think there might be something there because Teddy is playing better than he's ever played in Denver. Uh, and yeah, so. he's the same guy that he was in Carolina. And yeah. he looked fine until he got hurt. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then he stopped trying to push the ball downfield. But maybe there is some truth there. Maybe Joe Brady just isn't ready to be an NFL offensive coordinator. Yeah,
1: I mean, maybe he's got the right ideas, but he doesn't have the experience or the... You know the sad yeah, he's, to he's the kid.
2: He's the nerdy kid in Little Giants that made all the plays on his computer, mm-hmm. but you know <laughs> he can't actually call the game or tell you when to run those plays. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's truth there, and I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I just, I do feel like we're gonna win out. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're not, <laughs> or we're gonna win five out, or four out of the last five, and screw up our draft. Uh, so we would, and and honestly though, if you're mad about that, we would draft the wrong guy anyway. Like it wouldn't matter. Like you Jack know, Kenny
1: two gloves. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but so like, I, I mean, I'm willing to like reserve judgment because, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm not optimistic that we move the offense in the right direction. And like to so. The other thing to kind of like further my point here, um, I was kind of looking at this. I looked at this over the weekend and I pulled it up again right now. So the Panthers on first down. So this is kind of a lot of qualifiers, but it's a it's a significant sample size, and it makes this. It's basically what what you call like a neutral situation. So it's first down, game within one score, and it's in the first three quarters. Um. The Panthers run the ball on first down 64% of the time already with Joe Brady. That is the most in the league. Um, And there's like, you know, and there, there's no reason for that because we're not good at running the ball.
2: No, and we're not. Our offensive line is terrible and we are playing backup running backs. Like, le- yeah, league averages. We're just not Not, good.
1: The league average is 52% run on first down in the first three quarters of a close game. Uh, And the Panthers run at 64%. So it's the most in the league. Uh, I think this is based on the football outsiders kind of like definition of success. But less than half of those runs are successful runs. And 56% of the passes are successful passes. And the pass plays average 7.4 yards per play. And the runs average 3.9 yards per play on first down. And yeah. it's like, why do we want to do that more?
2: Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier when I I was using your you've talked about this several times. I swear to God, it's deja vu. I've I know you, I think I've no, heard I'm you sure say our this listeners
1: are sick of hearing me say this but. five
2: times. But I mean, you're right, like it's you can't say I'm gonna use analytics and data driven processes yeah. in my play calling, in my game planning, and in, in my offense and scheme and everything and then not do what the data tells you to do like you can't mm-hmm. you can't call yourself an analytical data driven process oriented coach and run the ball 64% of the time on first down when you average less than 4 yards per carry on those plays whereas you could be successful more than half the time for double the amount of yards if you throw the ball on first down
1: yeah, it's like yeah, like mixing
2: yeah. a run, mixing a pass here and there every once in a while.
1: Yeah, and you're and I probably and I remember last year we were like this, and I'll have to look again, but I think we were really predictable with like formations and pass and like call like play calls. Like, I'm sure we, we still
2: are. Like, I'm yeah. sure that when we're in, you know, twelve like personnel and, or whatever, yeah, it's going to be run. a run
1: straight up the middle. Like, yeah, and then we'll go and then we'll go in eleven personnel and throw it like eighty percent of the time, something yeah, like that. And, but yeah, yeah,
2: and that's been the same since. Freaking, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams were our running backs. Like it it doesn't, it's almost like it doesn't matter who our coaching staff is, is that we continue to, to be that way. And it just drives me insane.
1: Panthers are going to be the Panthers. And to your point, why
2: why can't we have Sean McVay, like a Sean (laughs) McVay type guy?
1: He's, he's had his issues this year too. With like, yeah, Sean McVay's done the thing this year. Where, and a lot of coaches do this, where they like have a shitty quarterback and they like, we're going to simplify the offense to make their job easier. And it works. And then they get a better quarterback and they're like, all right, this guy's a better quarterback. So we can make things like way more complex and harder to execute. And it's just like, why don't you do the easy offense with the good quarterback?
2: And they make would never harder. lose. They would score 80 <laughs> points a game if they just let Matthew Stafford run Jared Goff's offense.
1: Yeah. Like their play action's like way down and all that stuff. But anyway, uh, like to your point, you don't. Um, you can't call yourself like analytically driven and like analytically based and then willingly do the thing that is statistically less effective significantly more often than you do the thing that's more effective. Like that's, yeah. those two things do not, you cannot do both of those things. You either are a gut feeling guy like Ron Rivera who doesn't care about numbers or you're an analytical guy and you do what the numbers Or, like, you at least skew towards what the numbers tell you to do. Yeah. Not necessarily like, oh, like, like, you know, statistically, we should throw the ball every time because it's more effective than running. Obviously, there's nuance to it. But you can't be like, well, we're going to do what the numbers say and then run the ball over and over and over again.
2: Yeah. When it's not it, working. Yeah, it's like I said, he's trying to be Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick, and you just can't do that. You have yeah. to pick one or the other. Like you can't you can't be both. It's impossible. And he should be Bill Belichick because Bill <laughs> Belichick wins today. If this were nineteen ninety, he should be Bill Parcells. But it's not. It's twenty twenty one. I honestly and...
1: think if you took someone like Brandon Staley or like Sean McDermott and Brian Dable and put them in the 1990s. Everybody be like, "What is going on? This witchcraft! They scoring 55 points a game." Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're lining up with four wide receivers, and we're trying to put our play our four three our bare defense with four linebackers, so we just can't cover them. They're throwing the ball too much. Yeah, but where's
2: um, their running? Why is their running back only weigh 200 pounds? Why is he only six foot tall? Where's
1: where's the fullback?
2: Yeah, where's the fullback? They don't even have one. Why is the tight end playing at an, an fullback? This doesn't make any sense. Why are they not running the jumbo package? It's third and one.
1: I know. Why are they not? They are not running the ball into our mash of defenders in the middle of the field repeatedly enough. Like this is they're making our job way too difficult. I've i am trying to find. Go ahead, Brian. I, I, I do want to just things.
0: throw in a caveat here, though. <clears throat> I get where the analytics are at with that. But we have to remember this Carolina offensive line fucking sucks.
1: And I don't like that excuse. I don't. But, but, it's, but it's right. It's true. It's true. It's true. But yeah. You're other right. other teams suck. have offensive lines that suck and still have functional offense.
0: But here's so here's the thing. And this is just from last game. The Panthers threw the ball 31 times last time. Last time they were on the field. They ran the ball 18 times. So analytically speaking, that's, that's the correct take, right? Like they threw the ball more than they ran the ball by mm-hmm. a decent margin. Yep. Their average yards per. Well, attempt it's not were necessarily that cut and dry. Wait, I want to hear, I want to hear
1: Brian's I hear where this is going. Cause I have a thought.
0: Their average yards per completion were 5.8.
1: Per pass attempt. Yes. For passing play. Yes. yes.
0: Their rushing attempts were 3.6 per rush, obviously. So neither one of those is good. So I'm just, but yeah, one one of them them is better. better. Yes. But one of them also (laughs) didn't result in three turnovers.
1: Yeah. And that's the, that's the obvious, the risk that comes with it. But, but um,
0: that's the thing. That's the point I'm trying to make is like, based on the, on the current makeup of the Carolina Panthers offense, I, I don't, I agree that throwing the ball is probably better and I really wish that they were more effective at doing it. But right now it's almost as if like the most risk averse thing they can do is running the ball because passing the ball has been so fucking disastrous for them for the last few games.
1: So to the the point of being risk averse, well, for one, the offensive line is also bad at blocking for the run. Yeah, so they're they're actually not, worse
2: at run blocking than they so are. So it's pass not
1: blocking. like it's not like they're terrible. If they were a good run blocking team and not a good pass blocking team, like if it's just a bunch of like big road graders up front, then yeah, like you probably want to run the ball more. But the thing is like and this is kind of the way that football is approached in general, that kinda always gets on me. Uh is like it's more risk averse, but it's also not gonna work. Like you're basically like, okay, if we run the ball, we're not gonna turn it over, but we're also not gonna move. So like, you're as kind of we've like we've seen. We
2: go three and out, three and yeah. out, three and out, three and out. Like so,
1: we're mitigating the turnovers, but we're also not doing anything. So like, you're not really accomplishing anything. Where a
2: punt is still a turnover; it's just not counted as one in stats because you're goes giving the ball the back field. to the other team. You're giving, you're turning <laughs> it back over to the other team. It's still a turnover.
1: And that's and I have like a tangent to this too, but like basically, you're going to turn the ball over when you throw it especially when your quarterbacks are Sam Darnold and this version of Cam Newton but and definitely PJ Walker but PJ
2: wants to throw a pick six so bad he can't stand <laughs> it
1: <laughs> I know he's he just, PJ Walker is going to throw it to somebody now whether or not they're on his team Yeah he just we'll wants it out to out not the hit the ground it. like he
2: doesn't care who catches it
1: <laughs> which I love PJ Walker like I hope he's uh-huh. here for a while and he I, I think personally he's good...
2: think we should just let him play the rest of the
1: year I See I think what happens. he's and I think he is a very good backup but I I just I love his like Rex Grossman. He is he is ball.
2: 2021's <laughs> version of Rex Grossman. Yes.
1: Um but the the thing is like with that risk that you take that you're going to turn the ball over, you at least give yourself the chance to go to like do stuff. And so it's one of those things and obviously from like a fan's perspective we actually it's like watchable. But um so I I just don't think this idea of like this idea of running the ball more is we will probably not throw a bunch of interceptions, but we'll also just like average four yards per play for the game and punt the ball on 90% of our possessions.
2: Now, the best part about this, at least from my perspective, is these games are going to be like two hours and 53 (laughs) minutes long. Yeah. Because we're not going to stop the clock at all. Um, But going back to your point of we, we should always pass it more than we run. That's not actually true. Uh, What you want to do is you want to look at, and I know this is hard to think and hard to believe that it's legal, (laughs) but you should look at what the other team is good at and what they're bad at. And you should attack what they're bad at. And like, like if they cannot stop the run, run the ball. If they can't stop the pass, throw the ball and if they're if you're running the ball and they make adjustments guess what you can then adjust and start throwing the ball you can change what you do during the game like you don't have to script out it's not like an old computer game where you enter everything in and then hit play and let it go. Like you can change things. And my biggest question, and maybe this is why Joe Brady got fired. We don't, I don't know. Maybe it is. Why are we not running play action? Why are we not rolling Cam Newton out and letting him get outside and look down the field and make plays with his legs? Why are we not just letting Cam Newton do what he did for a decade and? schoolyard that shit you know like let him just run the offense and i know that the plays are different their terminology is different but it's still football cam knows how to play football why didn't we do that why did we force him to be something he's not against miami i want to you know i, I think to bring that up might be why they too. fired joe brady i mean i don't know
1: i wanted to bring up the play action thing too because we we're one of the least play action we run like the least one of the least play action i think it was like 26th or 27th like play action passes per game and which is
2: odd considering how much we run the ball
1: yeah especially like i said we run the ball on first down more than anybody and we run very very little play action and i i've always been told that you run the ball to set up the play act to set up play action and what's the what's the point of running the ball if you're not setting up play action
2: um, yeah, well, that's even also not really true. Well, I know play that. Play action yeah, works. Yeah, play action works, whether <laughs> play action works on the first you're play of the game. you successful at running it or
1: not. I think, I think I've think i said this on the show, but uh, I'll say it again. My brother and I always joke that um, running the ball is like, in play action, it's like a, like a Mortal combat thing, where like every time you run the ball, you like fill up the play action meter, and when the play action yeah. meter is full, you activate the play action after you've run the ball
2: enough. I think and that's, that's kind what of... maybe they thought, and we just never filled the meter because
1: <laughs> yeah. it just didn't
2: make any sense to me. We, sh- we should be, I, you, especially with a guy like Christian McCaffrey, well, before he got hurt, we yeah. should be play action and the shit out of the defense.
1: Yeah, and I know you can't do it every play because then it loses its effect, but like run that Texas route that's on Madden
2: that works yeah. every time.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think that is. So like I said, I don't think. To kind of circle back, I don't think it's all about Joe Brady. I don't think Joe Brady's absent of blame, because I do think, what I, what I feel like we have here is we have two people that are not on the same page. One is on, I'd rather be on Joe Brady's page, but I don't think the words on Joe Brady's page are very good either. So, like, Matt Rule, like, Joe Brady's ideas are better, but his execution is bad. And now I think we're going to Matt Rule's ideas, which are definitely worse but maybe the execution will be better. So it might Can be I, a net positive in the long run, but good. I was just going to say, so when
0: I, when I was saying what I was saying earlier, it wasn't that I think the methodology makes the most sense. I don't think that mm-hmm. running the ball more often is the best route. Yeah. I just think that Matt rules thoughts with <clears throat> how this offense should be run based on the, the overall makeup of this team does make sense because at, this is a defensive team at this point. Yeah, they're they're not they're not good on offense. Doesn't matter. Running the ball, throwing the ball, they're just not good at it. So to me, I do understand that rules methodology in the sense that we need to play offense in a way that will uh, benefit our defense. That will mm. that will create a symbiotic relationship with the defense. Take some time off the clock, stuff like that. I think Matt Rule's ideas in that sense make sense because he knows that, all right, our offense sucks. So we need to do what's best to complement the defense here. So that's where I'm at, basically. Like, I think Joe Brady was 100% correct in in his methodology of trying to throw the ball more. I mean, for God's sakes, last year, the Panthers had three 1,000 yard receivers in Joe Brady's offense. So I think Joe Brady.
2: With Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback.
1: Yes,
0: I think Joe Brady's methodology makes sense in a vacuum where I think Matt Rule is Matt Rule's methodology makes sense for this team.
1: So here's so. here's where I agree with that. With how bad the offense is right now and given and if it's not fixable with like play call like you know scheming and stuff, it's kind of like the Ron Rivera John Fox uh, other old school football coach way of doing things where if you just kind of like run the ball, if you have a good defense and you just run the ball and like don't make mistakes on offense, you can kind of devolve every game down to just being a coin flip.
2: Yeah, you can 13 and, to 9 your way to like it's, 8 It's ends. what
1: Washington's doing it right now. Yeah, basically. And, yeah, And you control basically control the just, time of
2: possession and don't let the other team take advantage of your mistakes.
1: Yeah, you're not going to let the game get away from you. You're not going to win either, but you'll basically just keep the game close and then hope that you, like, get input, like, kind of, how do I put this? Because football you is make, a lot of... You, you make the one yeah. Yeah. Plays that are going to close. and hope
2: the coin lands on heads. That's exactly. basically what and you're doing.
1: You have control over it in a sense, but you also are kind of depending on, like, the game, you know, being the last team with the ball or, like, getting a lucky turnover or something. and So you kind of, like I said, you kind of devolve the game down to being, like, you have to win, like, three plays, like Brian just said, as opposed to winning the whole game. And that's, like, an okay thing to do if you're bad. And if this Panthers team is bad with a good defense, they can definitely steal some wins like that. But it's not really a sustainable way to, like, build a team for, like, real success.
2: No, and I think the problem there is with Matt Rule... uh, I don't know and how to say. I don't know how to say this either. But, but like, why he, you- he's used to being at Temple and Baylor, and he's used to taking guys that nobody else wanted,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and coaching them up, and being an underdog, and like taking a guy that couldn't make it as a Division One wide receiver and turning him into like a free safety, or taking a, a guy that he's too big to be a, a defensive end, but he's not good enough to be a defensive tackle, so he puts him in and and makes him a guard, or you know whatever like he's used to taking pieces and parts and ugly vegetables and making a salad out of it and you can't do that in the n f l like you you can't win that way, you have to have better talent and you have to have better scheme like you can't just take a bunch of cast offs that nobody else wanted and coach him up, like what we're doing right now. You 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 just can't do that. Bill Belichick like, that's what they, that's what they tried to do with, with um, Sam Darnold, and it clearly isn't working. And I, I know you said Bill Belichick does that. He is the one exception to the rule. <laughs> like there is an exception to every rule. Bill Belichick is the exception to that rule. But also, Mac Jones is a franchise quarterback that we should have drafted at eight overall.
0: Uh, oh, get out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we we've all, three we were passes
0: on fucking. We
2: were all saying here. it on draft Got night. We have, to,
1: we have to, trap Matt Jones. We were all screaming it from the rooftops.
2: I'm honestly, <laughs> and all jokes aside, I'm surprised we didn't. I thought we were going to. But I thought I we were when Matt Rule started talking about it, he's a nice guy and he enjoyed working with him at the the Senior Bowl, but didn't uh-huh. say anything else. <laughs> I thought that was because we were going to draft the guy.
1: Yeah. I didn't want to tip everybody off, but not want
2: to tip it off, but you know,
1: yeah, but yeah, I think so. Like, but to kind of, yeah, I think Brian, you're right in the sense that like, it makes sense in the short term to see if we can just like win this game with defense and some good fortune. Um, I don't, the thing is like, I don't think that's the intent behind what Matt rule is saying. Oh no. And... He believes that this is the best way to coach football and play football. Yeah, and that's I think that's kind of where I disagree. The, what?
0: That's what Brad said. I think he's trying to win now.
1: Yeah. Well, I know he's trying to win now. This is the, oh, like, he's trying what, to do what, else both. Is suppo-
0: what is he supposed to do with this? With this offense? With this roster? Yeah. I mean, granted, it's partially his fault that this is the roster they've assembled. But
2: like, that's exactly else is he right. To do? It is. It is one hundred percent, with the exception of Christian McCaffrey's ankle being made out of paper mache. This roster. Is Matt Rule's fault. He has put this roster it's together. It's also Scott Fitterer's fault, but and okay. Marty Herney
0: and Marty Herney, yeah.
2: that I, I, I don't know. Matt Rule is the guy that's getting the players he wants. I, I think. don't know about
1: that, but okay. Uh,
2: so it, I don't, yeah. I think I uh, Scott Fitterer hasn't been here
1: long enough to kind of like see see out the whole idea, like the whole I guess plan if there is one. Um, but yeah, I, I, my concern would be and it's hard to say because like of how this is kind of based off what he says you know in the media and that's obviously coach speak and stuff my concern is like the idea that Matt Rule has to help win with this team which is like I said basically just like muck it up and hope that you guys you kind of like find your way to good plays at the end of the game that's kind of what we've been dealing with for a long time and that's a great way to make whatever team you're coaching go anywhere between six and ten and ten and six no matter how good they are yeah, or bad they are. Where it's basically, the Ron
2: Rivera problem.
1: Yeah, and it was had with John Fox too. And it's like, why do the Panthers go up and down and wins every year? Because they just regress to the mean every year. Like, yeah. obviously there is years exceptions where we went like fifteen and one because they well that in that year even they like that a was lot of our and stuff. every
2: ball every ball bounced the right way. <laughs> yeah, and for it was a good
1: game. Yeah, it was a good team that had a lot of lucky breaks.
2: Yeah, that and, was an eleven and five team that went fifteen yeah. and
1: one, and. But then it's like, well, why'd they go so bad next year? And it's like, well, obviously, there's some injuries and stuff, which is also in a football regression to the mean. But like every year, if you're counting on like turnover luck and winning the game late, like sometimes the other team has the ball last or like that last second, that last second drive to win the game, you like they give yourself such a little margin for error that sometimes it doesn't work. And I don't, I hope that if Matt Rule last through next season that's not like the long-term plan going forward and that's just like a how can we like salvage this season where we're still somehow in the hunt for the playoffs and then we can reevaluate when we don't have Sam Darnold and old Cam Newton as our quarterbacks
2: yeah see what, or I'm hoping least... what happens I'm hoping we lose against the Falcons so we're basically all but eliminated mm-hmm. and then we can just go into fuck it let's just do this and <laughs> see what happens mode yeah and just evaluate, but I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Now we can beat the Falcons, and then we'll be six and, se- uh, six and seven.
2: Right? Yeah, and- we're in we're in tenth place, and we're tied for tenth in the NFC playoffs race with the Falcons and Saints. We're all five and seven.
1: But but saying tenth place is a little bit misleading because they're only we're only a half game at or yeah one game out of seven or sixth. Yeah, out of, so but- a game out of sixth, like. But, not even like the last playoff spot.
2: But we also do not have the tiebreaker over. I think four out of those teams that are in that jumbled up bunch, we lost to the Eagles, we lost to the Giants, we lost to the um to Washington, we lost to um, Vikings, the Vikings. Those yeah, four it's... teams all have the tiebreaker over us because for the wild card, the the number one tiebreaker is head to head.
1: And yeah, so we
2: we're like we're actually in tenth place because we lost the tiebreaker to all those teams.
1: Yeah, so the team the the three teams are yeah I guess the four teams technically right now ahead of the Panthers for the six like six through nine the Panthers have lost the three of them so yeah. they do have an uphill battle that they have to finish with a better record. Yeah, the
2: 49ers are the one that we haven't played. I think. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, that's it. Because yeah, the, only team 49ers,
2: Eagles, yeah, the only team in the playoff race that we've beaten is the Cardinals and they're nine and two. So they're out of the conversation <laughs> anyway. Like they're the, they're the number one seed right now. If I remember right. Which makes no sense. Like what it makes no there? sense. We beat the brakes <laughs> off the damn Cardinals and then get embarrassed by the dolphins. And it's not like, and I guess they had uh
1: Kyler Murray back this week, but like, sorry, what do they have? What do they do in week 12? Um,
2: we lost to Washington in week. No, of what did, Oh, the Cardinals—they beat the Forty they, no, ers Or was that before they played us?
1: I'm looking right now.
2: They won. Yeah. I know that because we were there I mean, second they, loss. They
1: lost. Yeah, they they beat the Seahawks, and then with you know still undermanned, and then they got Kyler Murray and everybody back last or this past Sunday and won. But yeah, they went and beat the Seahawks pretty handedly, I guess. Without Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins, well, the Seahawks are really Seahawks bad. Are bad. they're but,
2: bad this year.
1: But yeah, I don't know what happened there. I guess we just have—they just see that Panther like
2: uniform, and they just get there. They just yeah, they we've they just won just like six up. games in a row. <laughs> we the last time they beat us was that Jake Delon meltdown game. We've won That's every incorrect. game.
0: They beat us in 2013. They
2: actually they? kick started they kick started yeah. that,
0: uh, nine game win streak. Uh, they were
1: the, that's they right. were the Ron Rivera like this he's on he's about he's on his way out the door and he figured things out. Because we lost that's... like twenty to six or something, and like very embarrassing and it wasn't even that close. Yeah,
0: that was when old. I had given up on the season.
2: Which I was, Sometimes was I thought that was the Bills that beat us and started that. They did. Uh, that was where the That was week I think, two of that year.
1: Yeah, so the Bills was that started the Riverboat Ron thing, and then the Cardinals game was the like we got to get, we got to get our act together or coach is going to get fired. Yep. Um. But yeah, I think we've exhausted all of the offensive coordinator talk. I do expect, I do expect a phone call from Matt rule or David Tepper in the next few days to ask for my thoughts on how we should run the offense. Cause clearly we know what we're talking about more than like football people.
2: We, we lost got twenty-two to six to the Cardinals that yeah. year. Yeah, Look at, at it now,
1: remembering that. I for it's a very completely easy forgot about that game. Yeah, I completely yeah.
2: forgot about that game. Pretty sure it came through like three interceptions. And yeah, but that's the last time that they've beaten us. Yep, and In that includes two playoff games, including a home game where we were seven, eight, and one. It be (laughs) that was the which is still my favorite season ever. (laughs) The
0: greatest playoff game of all time.
2: I was at that playoff game, and man,
1: that was.
0: They had statistically the worst offensive performance in
1: playoff history. Yeah, they like what, like sixty-three yards of offense or something. Yeah, something something like that. that. Yeah, something really bad. And they got like twenty-two yards on like the last play of the game too, on like some like lateral play for no reason.
2: I I think, yeah, I think they got they got like twenty-something yards on the last play and avoided being like. Mm Like, the absolute worst game ever in the history of football or something yeah, like that. It was
1: some, yeah, it was something like that.
2: But it was because of that one play where we just didn't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Fucking Ryan Lindley.
2: Ryan Lindley. How did they score 16 points?
0: Well, the Panthers struggled, too. That's I was, was going to say, I
2: think we gave time. them good field position. Yeah, we did. Because they didn't hardly gain any yards.
0: Yep. That's exactly what happened.
2: I'm gonna the Cardinals had 78
1: this. yards of total offense in that game. hmm He had 51 yards of passing and 27 yards of rushing. I'm going to look
2: at it now and see what happened. Let's see. A little, little good.
1: That was also it, the
0: Fozzie-Whitaker breakout game.
2: Oh, yeah. Everybody loves Fozzie-Whitaker.
1: It's so funny, too, Like looking at the records. like The Panthers were 7-8-1, the Cardinals <laughs> were 11-5, and and it's like, what happened here?
2: The best well, part of this yeah, game is they yeah, actually yeah. led. They were winning 14 to 10 at one point. We yep. were losing at halftime in that game. Yep. I remember it well. 16 points because we, at the end of the game, we punted, and Brad Nortman went out of the back of the end zone and and intentionally safety to run out time. Yep.
1: Oh, head it backwards. They lost. 19 yards on the last play of the game to like help us get the record. Yep. They started on their own 28 and they got run out of
2: bounds at their own nine. They had eight first downs, 78 total yards, 51 passing yards and recovered two fumbles on us. And we had an interception too. So that's how they scored. They're, they're two because- yeah, their two touchdown drives
1: totaled forty seven yards.
2: Yeah, they they, they <laughs> recovered they got turnovers.
1: There was the Britton Burson like sliding muff, I yep. think it was and then and then and then uh
0: There was like, also the uh Ted Ginn muff for the Cardinals. It was the Panthers oh, revenge yeah. on him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Was that like the very beginning of the half, like the second half too?
0: Something like that. But yeah, he uh, he muffed that punt and the Panthers recovered it with like Oh it was
1: it was a kickoff. It was a kickoff yeah. after the um Panthers scored their touchdown to take the lead. Yeah, the first it.
2: touchdown was Britton Burson's muff at the thirty seven. So they didn't have hardly that much to go. They were like at midfield and yeah, the thirty. And
1: then, They're on the thirty. They scored it was six plays thirty yards. Yeah. And then their second touchdown drive was four plays, 17 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what a game. That's a playoff game.
2: Yeah. And we, we <laughs> were legitimately at halftime worried we were going to lose to Ryan Lindley. I know.
1: We had a sack fumble to set them up in, like, basically the red zone for another touchdown. And they threw an interception on the first play. Yep. Yep. I <laughs> believe that one was a Luke Kuechly as well. Yes, it yeah. was. They started the ball. They're like they got. They started. They started the drive on the eight yard line with a chance to pull back within a score, and they threw an interception <laughs> on the yep. first play. Yeah,
0: Kuechly <laughs> just
2: sat on Larry Fitzgerald. I remember the play very well. Yep. Well, oh, that's man. really all you had to do back then <laughs> to stop them was just not let Larry Fitzgerald beat you.
1: What a! Pl- I need to watch that game again. What a horrible game to be in the playoffs on Nashville. Yeah, that's television. what we we
2: should do. That we should do a watch along. <laughs> for that game i'll watch them watch a condensed version of that game that would be fun we should do that (laughs) that's off-season content yeah i gotta find that
0: or after the panthers lose to the falcons and we're all just sad (laughs) we could just do that i'm not gonna
2: be sad when we lose to the falcons i'm not (laughs) i mean it is
0: the it is the biannual misery and sadness
2: bowl we won the the first game so we're gonna lose this one Yep. like it's especially because we
1: won in Atlanta and this one's in Charlotte.
2: Yeah, it's it's been written in stone like they're going to be come into town and beat the crap out of us because we already play like crap at home this year, too.
1: Yep. I'm going to be Nighttime. we. uh. We got my mom tickets to this coming game for a birthday present. Kind of, I, I think we're actually bad children for it.
2: Don't say, "Do you not love your mom?" or something yeah. like. Why would you yeah. do that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think this ended up being like a punishment. Like it's like when you give someone yeah. like a pet for their Chris like birthday yeah. that they didn't want. It's like yeah. why did you give me all this responsibility? Here's for a present?
2: financially burdensome <laughs> yeah. um, um, purchase. Yeah, hey, at <laughs> least
1: she gets to see Cam Newton
0: in a Panthers jersey back at home. Yeah.
2: That is true. That's I mean, that gotta, that, be that part
0: leading moment.
1: I guess I guess we should take another moment to appreciate that. As awful as it was on against Miami, it is like fun. I guess to have Cam back. Um, hopefully, he doesn't play so badly this weekend.
0: I do want to. I do want to say the Dolphins' defense is is a lot better than people give credit for. Oh,
1: it's been they. I was listening. I think they were like. I mean, they held the Ravens to what six points like they fucking
0: they fucking ran 35 of the same goddamn plays against the ravens offense it was cover zero with like a blitz they ran that play 35 goddamn times and they still beat them
2: (laughs) i think right now brian flores might be coach of the year because they were what one in seven
1: yeah, and now they're like they lost. Now
2: seven and seven. <laughs> yeah.
1: They lost seven in a row, and they've won. Yeah, five they won. In a row they won. Then. They beat the
2: Patriots, wasn't it? In yeah, week they one? beat the Patriots
1: in week one, and
2: then lost seven in a row. Mm-hmm. And now and they, they've like, won seven six. In includes a row.
1: like getting smoked by like the Bills and the Buccaneers, and then they lost to the Jaguars in there, and the Falcons, and then now they've beaten. I mean, most of the teams they've beaten during this win streak are bad, like other than the Ravens. But they've held, they've what is it, nine, 19, 36, 46, 55, Like they've given up fifty five points in the last five games. So their yeah, defense has been. They're six
2: good. and seven. They've won five in a row.
1: Yeah, and they've held minus <laughs> eleven points per game in the last five. So like, their defense has been legitimately good. But the Falcons has not. So no, yeah, at this least it
0: bounce back game.
1: Yeah. The Falcons. I just realized how awful they've been. The last since their last game against us, they beat the Saints. But Saint divisional matchups don't matter. And then they got forty three to three. Like they lost two weeks in a row to the Cowboys and Patriots by a combined score of uh, 68 to three. Yikes! That sounds bad. And then they beat the Jaguars, which is basically. But they beat the Jaguars by seven, which is basically a loss. And then yeah, the
0: Falcons just aren't good. So it's (laughs) gonna be it's gonna be the. The misery it's gonna be is frustrating.
2: It's gonna be frustrating when they beat the crap out of us on Sunday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were competitive against the Buccaneers last week, but they lost pretty badly. Lost by two scores, two touchdowns.
2: I think the Bucks are a paper tiger. I don't think they're gonna be They're weird. Yeah, like they're weird. I don't I don't think they're gonna win the NFC again.
1: Yeah, they've kinda like they've like beaten really they've had some like really big wins against not great teams, but then they're kind of like skirting by a little bit on like tougher in like tougher games. I don't know. Patriots Bucks is now the most likely Super Bowl matchup for football power index for ESPN. Um, by the way, one last thing on Jabretti. Apparently, he's a favorite to get the head the offensive coordinator job at Miami. Miami, so
2: Miami on College. Yeah, College. Okay. Oh, okay. Mario Cristobal. About to say, why would the Dolphins fire their offensive coordinator? But okay, well, the that offensive
1: coordinator is like 95, I'm pretty sure. So, like,
2: <laughs> who is the Dolphins' offensive coordinator?
1: Unless they changed it since the last time I knew.
2: Let's see, they have two offensive coordinators.
1: Okay, that was two last year, then where they went with like
2: Chain Gailey or something. Eric Studsville and George Godsey.
0: Can't say I know who either of those guys are.
2: I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. So, yeah, <laughs> any any random guy could come up to me and say, I'm the offensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins, and I would believe him.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the ticket for success, because that's what we're about to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, honestly, that I, anybody who thinks that, that Nixon isn't going to just say yes to whatever Matt Rule tells him to do, I mean, that's what this is like. Run the ball 33 times a game. Yes, sir.
0: Let's get that Chudzinski reunion back, baby. I picture uh, us being
2: I, I really down. hope. I really hope we run the ball exactly 33 times. I was going to say, I picture us being
1: down. It's like 28 to 10. And it's like there's like 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And we run the ball like four straight times because we need to get to 33 runs. Yeah. because like, well, we're so close. Once we hit that 33 run mark, we're likely to win this game. It's like, we're down yeah. by coach. We're down by three touchdowns.
2: Yeah, but we got to get to that number. <laughs> and then the, we'll get the 33 run runs, yet. and
1: then we won't run the ball at all again for the rest <laughs> of the game. Yeah, Once we get to 33 ones, runs, we have found the ticket
2: to success. No, fourth and <laughs> inches with Cam Newton. Nope, we're going to throw it. Yeah, Y'all are haters, man. I'm just being real. This is going to be
0: Chuba Hubbard's career game. I'm not going to
1: say I'm being real, but I think we have reason to 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 be self deprecating towards. I have
2: I have reason to feel like the process <laughs> is a crock of shit. Chuba basically. Hubbard's going
1: to have a career game.
0: Book
2: that's it. not saying much. <laughs> Chuba
1: <laughs> Hubbard has a low bar to clear, and it's against the Falcons. So that's. I mean, not all all he has to do is rush for like
2: 80 yards. That's not and true. It's a career game. No, he had 100, didn't he? He I did. Think so. I'm hating on Chuba. He's actually a pretty decent backup running back. And, I mean, to be honest, I think with the right blocking scheme and the right offensive line, you could get rid of Christian McCaffrey when it's financially tenable and roll with Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah and be fine. Like, you won't be elite, but you'll be fine.
1: I mean that's kind of running backs in general.
2: Yeah, like I, I we should never. I don't know if anybody read Joseph's article on this. If you haven't, please already please check it out. Don't give running backs sixty million dollars over f- four years. Just the don't do it. The problem
1: the Panthers ran into is that Christian McCaffrey is so good that like you can't not keep him. But yeah,
2: then you're all like put, put him him puts out you in, in a slot rock, receiver. Like it kind of put puts in different you a rock, positions.
1: It kind of puts you in a rock in a hard place where like yeah. You're like, we have to keep our good players, but we also, it's not, a, it's typically a bad investment to spend on, a, like, pay big money to a running back, and Christian McCaffrey's obviously not going to take very little money, because somebody's going to pay him, yeah. so you're, and you're worth and whatever also, someone's willing to pay you, so we kind of, yeah. like, hurt ourselves by having such a good running back, yeah, it was and he also does help the offense his... a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was also in his favor that Luke Keekley had just retired, and we had just mm-hmm. gotten rid of Cam. And, I mean, we needed to Greg put Olson, butts in yeah. seats, and Greg Olson yeah. left. Like we needed and to Thomas keep
0: Thomas Davis
2: and Thomas Davis. Like we <laughs> needed to keep people coming to the the stadium. So, yeah. hey Christian, guess what? You get the money. <laughs> I mean, and what was he going to do? Say no. Like, yeah. Well, no. no please Christian, don't make me the highest paid running back. Please don't do that.
1: Christian McCaffrey's over there, like you guys know that paying, investing this much money in a running back
2: is poor as a is, uh, is typically bad math. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's such a nice guy. He probably did try to talk Marty out of it. <laughs> Marty, you know, if you want this to be a successful
1: franchise, you can't pay so much money to a running back. Just, it's like, just, Christian, just you are me, the running back. What are you doing? Give me the
2: league minimum. Just, I, I just want, I just want to make friends and run.
1: <laughs> I I mean, Christian McCaffrey's got enough going on with his endorsements and stuff. Yeah, really. <laughs> he's a beautiful man too. That's what I'm saying. Like he's not, he's never hurting for, ad, for uh, advertising deals and sponsorships. Nope.
0: We're sorry, Christian. <laughs> We're sorry that we assumed that you asked them for every penny. We we, we now know that it was Marty Herney's fault.
1: I I, I, will, I love the idea that nego- <laughs> the negotiating was uh Marty Herney like offering like eighteen million a year and Christian being like I'll take twelve and Marty's like ah, Christian we got to give you at least sixteen and, yeah. and they're like they're like going backwards
2: <laughs> yeah. I really, I really can't do it for, for more than 10 Marty. (laughs) Okay, fine. We'll give you 22.
1: (laughs) Christian, your number
2: is
0: 22. So we have to give you 22.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Christian's going up and Marty's going down to meet, to meet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love, I love, as we wrap up this show, I love how you can tell, like, I think you could go into any like point in history and you could tell how good, how well the Panther season is going by how like focused our podcasts are.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> like, I want to talk early, about anything except the Carolina Panthers. If right it's now. like
1: early in the season, or if it's like there we're like good, and we're like like the 2015 season, I'm sure we're like talking about like the actual games. And then when you find the seasons where everything's falling apart, we're over here like having mock negotiations between Marty Ernie and Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure we're gonna have
0: our Tiger King, uh, season two. I forgot episode about coming that. Up oh, soon. God, I've yep. got
2: to watch that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll just be our breakdown for the last week of the season this is Tiger King season two. So. Um, but anyway, why don't we uh, go with scoring predictions? <laughs> All right. Who are we I'll playing st-
2: again? We're playing, We're playing, playing the Falcons. The Falcons. <laughs> I'll start. I will the bi-annual start.
0: biannual misery and
2: sadness. Biannual bowl. misery and sadness bowl. We will both be sad. I think the Falcons are going to win because we won the first one. So I'll say Falcons 23, Panthers 9. Sounds fair. John? I'm going
1: to go against my better judgment and pick the Panthers to win uh, 27 to
2: 21.
0: I'm picking the Panthers to win
1: 28 to 7.
2: All Mighty right. bold of you two to think we're going to score that many points.
1: That was my big hesitance with that. Yeah. <laughs> Defensive touchdown.
2: I mean, we'll probably hang fifty on them just because nobody expects us to do anything.
0: Yeah, it seems we're getting right around to that time of year where we everybody's down on the Panthers and they just decide to, you know, blow I mean, up we, on a team. I feel
2: like we
1: got that against the Cardinals. I don't know if they've got two of them in one year.
0: Yeah, but then we had two in a then we had two weeks in a row where they disappointed us. So as per the,
1: the laws of Panthers, the
0: laws of Panthers. Yes. They, (laughs) they are going to blow the Falcons away and people are going to be like, wow, why aren't the Panthers the playoff team?
1: That's, that's (laughs) the, you know, sneaky good. It's the Panthers. They just beat the Falcons 41 to six. Uh And then they come out to, and lose to Buffalo 49 to nothing. They're like, oh yeah, that's why, that's why we weren't talking about it.
0: I mean the, fa- the 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 Bills did just lose to the Patriots after Mac Jones threw three passes so it's possible the Panthers could win by running the ball constantly I'm
1: sure that'll be the bane of your existence John and also hoping that the winds are like 50 miles an hour so the other team can't throw exactly <laughs> if, the, if the fans blow hard enough they can do it I mean well I guess the run Run defense. I think honestly, the Panthers' the way their defense is constructed, it's almost better when the other teams throw because their run defense is mediocre.
2: No, their uh...
0: their defense is not built to stop the run. No, yeah.
2: I don't no. think our defense is built to stop anything. To be honest. Okay. It, All it's
1: right. very All right. very good against the pass. They're built to play with a lead, which we don't get. Yeah. Not usually. <laughs> now they still. It's it's. I feel like it gets kind of masked by how poorly the offense is played and how much they're on the field, but the defense is still playing. They're not like the elite, like top unit in the league. They were the first few weeks of the season when they were sacking everybody, but they've still been like one of the better defenses in the league for most of the season. They're just like on the field for so many plays with such any other team is getting such good field position that they're kind of getting the, they're like their, they're, their performance is getting like skewed where like, I mean, the, like where other teams are starting. Like I've looked it up a couple weeks ago, and it's certainly not gotten better. But they have they face like the worst offensive starting field position in the league, and they st- and they're still like holding limiting teams somewhat respectably.
0: I almost feel like the Panthers' defense is kind of built ahead of its time, like because there's still teams in the NFL that are really devoted to running the football. Where obviously yeah. the NFL is going is gearing towards being a pass-heavy league, mm-hmm. where like. The teams that aren't super devoted to running the football aren't doing well against them. Where the teams that are like, "Hey, we're going to run the ball thirty-five times a game, no matter what." Fuck you, are still yeah. doing okay <laughs> against
1: them. So, yeah, I think the 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 key to being a successful defense in twenty twenty one is you need to be able to shut down the pass and stop the run well enough that. You make the other team pass at some point. Yep. So, like, you can give up like four, like four and a half, five yards to carry, but as long as you're able to get the occasional stuff, like you know, as long as you're able to get like a stuff or two each drive to put the other team in a passing situation that you can then capitalize when you good passing defense, that's kind of the way to go.
0: Luckily, this Panthers defense is built perfectly to stop the Falcons because they'll just put Stephon Gilmore on Kyle Pitts, and uh... and the
1: Falcons cannot run. Yeah. Cordero Patterson's okay, but otherwise they cannot run the ball.
2: Is Cordero healthy? Like, is he he able to play? He played last week, unless
1: he got hurt again.
0: I believe he is healthy, but I don't. Well, now I have to look it up. Fuck.
1: (laughs) He's not on the injury report.
0: Well, then, yeah, I'd say he's probably healthy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They
2: could be lying.
1: Cannot do that. It is against the rules, Brad. They would never.
2: Oh, yeah, Tia, they would never break the rules. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of organization do you think this is? Bordereau Patterson
0: does not have a questionable tag in fantasy that I can see. So I think he will play.
2: We'll see. I'm going to say he doesn't. Just for no reason. Just to stay it. He could
1: always get a stomach bug on Saturday and Brad's like, so you guys have called it. <laughs> Brad does love calling things.
2: That's right.
0: Well, I think that about wraps us up for this week's Keep Sounding podcast. So, enjoy the second edition of the biannual Misery and Sadness Bowl between the Panthers and the Falcons. We'll have a nice breakdown for you next week. If we're not talking about Tiger King season two from all of us here at the keep sounding podcast, this is Brian joined by Brad and John as always. So stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you soon.
2: Yep. Later.